Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I'm WFAE's David Borax, and this is R&D in the QC. Tarek Bakari and Larkin Eggleston, one Republican and one Democrat who bonded as first-term Charlotte City Council members. Somehow, they both got reelected, and now we're stuck listening to another season of this amateur hour bullshit. In the first 82 episodes, they talked to a governor, a senator, presidential candidates, and even a journalist or two. Their goal again this season, bringing Charlotte listeners behind the scenes of the city council in one of America's fastest-growing cities. I won't be listening, but for some reason, you are. On tonight's episode 83, the first episode of season two of R&D in the QC, we discuss a recap of the last two weeks. Including the council swearing in. As well as tonight's first meeting of City Council. As well as impromptu performances of live music by the hosts of this show. Let's get to it, Larkin. That's right, the first episode of season two, renewed for another season. Can you believe it, Larkin? I can't. I thought I was going to lose you, and I thought I was going to get to go home earlier this term. I thought thought the write-ins were going to really do you in, and then I would have... It was touch and go there for a minute. A new partner in crime. I was not prepared. We had a blood oath. I was not prepared. We had a blood oath that you were going to honor. It was a pinky swear. Um, So, uh... What'd you think of our uh, our new intro? Thanks to David Borax, special thanks who, there. Who did it voluntarily this time, as opposed to last time where we just stole audio from a news story of his. He can't come for, for some kind of reciprocity in that. Uh, we will give him 10% of everything we made in season one, mm. which is $0. That's great. That's great. Yeah, he did come back. My favorite part is that we got him in his NPR vo- voice to curse. You did beep that, right? I, I've got to go back and double check that I did it right. All right, well, it's been two weeks since we had the final episode of season one. And in that time, a lot of things have happened. Let's go to the calendar. What has happened? Well, one thing is we had Thanksgiving, right? Well, before that, on Tuesday the 26th, we broke ground on the rail trail bridge that's going to connect uh, the Stonewall Station and Weston area and that light rail stop over across into South End. So that is going to be underway now. That's exciting. That's right. That's right. We had the right. Thanksgiving Day Parade, and you had your turkey trot over mm, in South that, Park. Every year I can't do the Thanksgiving Day Parade because the turkey trot. It's at the same time. So I, I was going to ask them to move the Thanksgiving Day Parade, maybe into the afternoon, maybe the next day, like Friday. So first you try to cancel Halloween, <laughs> and now you're trying to reschedule that, Thanksgiving. That was a meteorologist. It was not me. Panovich. So, uh, how was the parade? And I'll tell you how Turkey Trot was. Uh, the parade was good, man. It was, it's long. It's one of the longer ones. It goes from like Ninth Street all the way to. So you were winded. Stonewall is what you're saying. No, no, I was riding in a car. (laughs) Um, although I will say due to the configuration of the car, I kind of had to do a wall sit against the back of the seat in this Corvette so that I could simultaneously have my head above, uh, the, the window line. So you were like in a plank seen. position for three hours. Yeah, it was my. I was walking like Bambi afterwards. Um, so yeah, I was a little winded, but it was Ninth Street to Stonewall. Mm. It was a huge crowd. That's it's got to be the biggest parade of the year. Is there? Is there? I've, there's like I legit heard it was like a. No, it was like the top six largest Thanksgiving Day parade or something like that. 
I'd not heard that, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I read I mean, that it is somewhere, just absolutely packed. Do they They're, have floats? Like, what are the yeah, floats? Yeah, legit floats. Shut up. Yeah. There are floats. Yeah. In the sky. Oh, oh well, those, well, floats are actually not the thing you're talking about. You what know? am I talking about that the float big, in the, the sky? The big balloons, like Snoopy. Flo- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not called a float? I mean, it does float, but I think a float is like the thing that you build on a on a flatbed truck. That also sounds familiar, but I like they call them floats, right? I don't know what they call them. Well, wouldn't you uh, think that would be a float we'll give since it a it's floating? But uh, yes, okay. they have whatever those things are, those giant balloons. Uh, well, that's a game changer. Like, yeah. what, Give me one example of a float term. They were way behind me, so I didn't actually know I'd see them. But I mean, I, I know that they were They there. should have put you up on one of there. That would have been so I, much more Okay, so actually, I didn't tell you this. <laughs> By I don't know um, what luck, but it wasn't alphabetical. It clearly wasn't in, prior, in order of power because Congresswoman Adams was behind me and she should clearly be in front of me. But um, there was a pace car at the front to, to pace it at a certain speed so it didn't go too fast or too slow. After that, I led the parade. So you were basically I was the basically the Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal. <laughs> Except that I wasn't. Um, but it looked like I was because my car was first. That's amazing. Yeah, I All think right. it was an accident. Um, Let me tell you about the turkey trot. Okay. So is this like a run? See, that's what that's the be- so first of all, it's huge. I think it's like the sixth largest turkey trot in the nation. Is that is that even an official designation? <laughs> I think I read that somewhere. Um, so every year it starts right there by the South Park Mall. And I have developed this amazing routine that I go through. First of all, uh, apologies to the turkey trot people. I don't pay for it. I just show up and run. And that's probably so bad. So it thing. is like an organized five K. It's an organized eight uh, K and five K and one mile fun run. So I go to There's the, nothing fun about running a mile, in my opinion. I listen, here's what I do, because this is great. I time it out where from my house I'd run up Sharon Road and it's one point one miles to get to the front of the race. So I get to the front of the race with a couple minutes to spare, and I get up front of the eight K with the serious runners. And there's thousands of people, but I'm there with the dudes who are stretching. There's like 96, 97 pounds each. And then because so what I do is I say, can I run from here? Like basically Morrison and the entrance into uh, like Dillard's or whatever that is down to Barclay Downs. Can I get literally less than a quarter mile, maybe a quarter mile pacing with the front runners. and run as fast as I can? And I'll tell you this. I sprint as fast as I can go. And I'm still getting passed by dudes who are going to run that pace. A lot longer. 8K. <laughs> so then they all go left and I go right. What's 8K? Like five miles? Give or take. Yeah. So they, so I, I, I go right, and I'm essentially, yeah, no, and and I and I cut ahead of them, and I'm essentially running, like, less than a, I'm running a 5k total, but minus a mile that it took to get there, and still five people passed me this year before I got to my house, and that's when I stop at my house and I DJ, and announce uh, and and do fu- funny color commentary as my wife hands out apple pie shooters in cups. Sounds like a good time. It's a good time. Just like all. the pilgrims intended it. Yes. You know, exactly. <laughs> Sounds a lot like the first thing. We spent a lot more time on that than uh, than I had originally planned. Yeah. All right. Well, then Monday of last week, we had our swearing in, mm. uh, as everyone's aware. So oh, that was so said much goodbye to fun. three council members. Although, actually, uh, council member Phipps wasn't able to make it, which I think we addressed on the previous podcast. Bingo, bingo. And we welcomed our three new members. All we did there... Um, was the ceremonial stuff, some remarks, and we elected Julie Eiselt, re-elected Julie Eiselt as the mayor pro tem. Um, we got our new committee assignments. We did. That's right. We should talk about that. Um, I don't even think there's been a press release that's gone out, but we got We're no longer co-chairs. I, I am a member of the Intergovernmental Committee, but I am no longer co-chair. 
Um, I'm sad to see you, you go. And, you and Braxton Winston co-chairing that. But I have been uh, gifted the opportunity to chair the Community Safety Committee and vice chair the Transportation and Planning That's a big Committee. Deal. Um, so I am eager to, to get to work on both of those. And um, and you were you were vice chair of whatever the new name of economic development is. That's right. What is the new name? Uh, I'm not sure I can yeah, comment on that right now. That's a thing now. you should learn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, truth. So that was interesting. We got our new seat assignments for uh, room two sixty seven and for the dais. We got our community board assignments. You made that well. On the board of Blumenthal. I'm on the board of the Blumenthal. Let the arts community rejoice. <laughs> We'll see how that first meeting goes for you. You made, be... you made out well. I did. I got a window office now. I mean, you made out very well. I also made out well. Yeah. I got to cut the ribbon on a new Lidl grocery store in my district. How Lidl was it? It was very, very Lidl. Um, and then I also joined you. You joined me and I. You and I joined <laughs> me and I. And we awesome uh, we broke ground. Uh, we broke concrete. We we broke we concrete. sledged concrete. We sledged concrete at the um, convention center. Ed nearly killed someone with a mallet. That's the second time in a row. <laughs> um, yes, we broke ground on the convention center expansion. Um, since the convention center is already there and we're expanding it, and I guess we actually wanted to put a shovel through it. And uh, so they brought out some slabs of concrete, and sledgehammers were used to break them. You and I were certain it was going to go off the rails and I that someone sure. was going to be injured. Yeah, yeah. And it actually went just the way they had hoped, which is not usually how these things go. But, so now um, we've got, what, $100-plus million of, uh, of enhancements and additions going on to the convention center? Including a uh, currently frustrating construction project, but it'll be great when it's done, that will connect uh, the convention center to the west end, to the rail trail, and provide connectivity across Stonewall that is... That is much needed. You can barely get anywhere in this town, uptown right now, like on foot or in a car. But I will say there, and it's I, brutal. we have got a lot of stuff that's being constructed right now, both public and private projects in two years, not to say that there won't be other projects that will be going on in two years from now, but in two years, a lot of what we're doing is really creating some awesome connectivity with the streetcar, with some of these bridges that connect different pieces of infrastructure that we've got already. Um, I think that for all the frustration now, we're going to be in a really good place a year or two from now as a lot of these things start coming online. So excited about that. Um, went to the Chamber's annual meeting last year. I mean, last week. Um, went to Creative Mornings on Friday. Always oh, one of our Creative favorite Mornings. Events. That was great, man. Um, and yesterday, got to have a block party with Coca-Cola Consolidated down at 6th and Graham Street. They were unveiling the refreshed uh, and revitalized Coca-Cola mural down there. The artist that they had do the refreshing of it was actually the granddaughter of the original artist. So that was a cool tie-in and a way to to um, give some new energy and life to some public art that uh, a lot of people like driving by and seeing. But tonight we had our first business meeting, and it was relatively uneventful but for um, two things. And one of those we, we talk about in segment two with Renee Johnson, the airport cleaning contract. Um, but give, we don't we don't really break, yeah let, let's break that down real quick because essentially what happened was much like everything with the city's consent agenda um, we approve things that we know we have to do in the annual budget cycle and if they're over a certain amount or they have certain things um, we get to see them one more time as the year progresses in the consent agenda now this was a large one but this fit, fit that category and it was the um, contract at the airport for 
uh, the janitorial services and cleaning and things like that. And um, I guess uh, uh, an incumbent who had been there for 10 years, um, two five-year contracts, two five-year contracts uh, had, uh, had, had, in my opinion, what I think happened here is they kind of took it for granted a little bit and assumed it was theirs. And they went through and they claim, in hindsight, a lot of things they wish they had known and that today. And there were, what, 12 bid, 12, 12 companies bidders, and they uh, ended that came up, in. The incumbent company ended up being, being deemed the second The final best, two. Uh, second and they went through, but option. somebody else got it. And that other company, they, they weren't the cheapest. But it, it wasn't a crazy amount given the size of the contract that we're talking about. But it was substantial. And, uh, but they, they came through and were a lot more attentive to what... Uh, the airport and the city uh, said that they really cared about in these contracts, much of which being either the service level provided being, this is the first thing a lot of uh, visitors to the Charlotte airport see, or the way they also take care of um, training and, uh, and pay for our, um, for their employees. So, and I think one of the things that got lost in there was that the company who we ultimately who was recommended to us and who we went with, who was not the one we'd been working with for the last 10 years. It was stated that they have, you know, better pay and better benefits and stuff for their employees. At no point did anybody say that the current, uh, company that we were dealing with was doing wrong by their employees. I mean, we had employees here tonight that said, this is a good company to work for. And no one was disputing that. I think it, in my mind, it kind of got, I felt like, uh, the, the cleaning company who we'd been using for 10 years felt like we were attacking the, the worthiness or the the credibility of their business. I don't think anybody was trying to do that. We just said when you get 12, 12 options put on the table, uh, it, there, someone else might be better. All I know is her. If you boil down her all of her claims and her statements, and no one's saying they didn't do a good job for ten years. In fact, our airport director specifically said they did do right. a pretty good job. But when you boil everything down, I heard from her one point just jumps out at me um, over the top, which is. I wish I would have known this or that, or you, she's never met the airport director before. <laughs> You'd think if it was your single largest customer, right. That you came all the way over here to talk to when you didn't get the contract today, over 10 years, you've never talked to him. I'm in sales and I guarantee you my boss would not be happy if my single biggest buyer is someone that had never met me. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, then on top of all that, it's like, well, I didn't know it was pricing. It wouldn't be included as a measure in the in the bid and the RFP. All right, well, like, that's the kind of stuff you ask, <laughs> you know? Like, when in doubt. It, it, and even if you didn't know when the first, all 12 of you were up into it, you made it to the final two. Oh, maybe realizing that this isn't a no-brainer and I'm not just getting handed it again for another five years. So I don't, I didn't, I listened with an open mind, but I didn't have a lot well, of uh, sympathy. Several there. council members, including some of the new ones, pointed out that, um, and the new ones, particularly the two that hadn't been on council before Malcolm Graham had, but even they kind of sensed that, like, this doesn't feel like this is how this is usually supposed to go, and no. it's not. I mean, the airport's an enterprise fund. The funds that are generated there stay there. We don't pull them out and use them for other things. The airport runs fairly independently, and we provide oversight. And the manager, obviously, is who the airport director reports to. Um, it is not council's role to negotiate all of these contracts throughout all of our different departments. It's our job to make sure that the process is fair, that the rules are being followed, uh, that there's not something abnormal. I think a lot of council members took the time to make sure there was not something abnormal or unfair about this process. All but two of us deemed that there had not been. 
and uh, and approve the contract. Yeah. But it was odd. One of the things was that they, you know, the current the current contract um, holders had a bunch of employees there who presumably walked into the chamber tonight thinking if this contract, if they lost the contract, they're going to lose their job. Oh, absolutely. And then I think I was trying to kind of gauge their reactions, but at, at some point the new person who we awarded the contract to said, no, I intend to, to bring on all of these people and keep them at the airport and give them an opportunity to work for our company and at a higher pay rate. So, I mean, hopefully that all uh that's that's been the pledge and hopefully they're that's followed through on because you know we don't want to see anybody lose their job out there we want to see them have more opportunity and i think this contract will yep. hopefully provide that so that took at least an hour at least i mean we and it's it's odd because we have an agenda that's 60 items long or something and that one item took more time than every other item on the agenda and i mean and that's usually to, how it goes my my irritation was at after it's all said and done and you know, this is why we're here and we got to do the job. But like when it's all said and done and I heard everything, it I, I am very much of the belief that that was about a company who wasn't paying as close of attention and was taking for granted the renewal of their RFP, their single largest client and dollar amount coming in their doors. And when they realized it was too late, they tried to make it more of a political play and angle by hiring a lobbyist to come and meet and get us individually and then make the case today. And that's just, sorry, not going to work that way. Like if there was something wrong, sure. But I, through everything I heard in the offline conversations and there, they, they didn't make the case. They weren't able to make the case that some, the best thing they did was they thought they had this smoking gun with uh, an, a memo <laughs> that, turned out that was drafted that, that was... turned out. He, he was like, yeah, but I never sent that to the city manager's office and they pulled it in a public records request oh, I amongst wondered, themselves. I, I figured that was the only way they'd have gotten yeah. that. Um, and I, it should be stated that this company still has three other contracts with us at the airport. We'll still be working with them. And again, and they, I think that, I mean, think about this. Think you, you, you manage accounts and clients. Imagine that you have a burn down the house night, like tonight, basically calling the head of the airport, not, not, you know, somebody who wasn't following the process properly. And, and you have all these other contracts too. Yeah. That's not good practice. My, my sense is that, um, it is still, the airport is still going to be an important piece of business for that company. We know our airport director. Well, we know he's a professional. I, 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 I think have no reason, trouble after this. I have no reason to, well, we're not going to like cancel their contract. No, no. I just mean from the size of this, but like I just mean like a huge, a huge chunk of their business. I, uh, you know, my, my hope would be that they will continue to provide good service. As was stated, they have provided to us in, in all of their contracts that we've done and, and that they still execute on those three contracts to the best of their abilities. And, and then hopefully that we are able to renew those contracts with them if they're still presenting us the best option. But um, it was maybe further than we've seen a single contract unpacked in our whole first two years on 100%. council. Uh, and, and not just at the meeting, but I mean, weeks of meetings and discussions with the business owner and with the lobbyist that she hired and uh, with the airport director. I mean, this thing was, there were lots of hours put into this thing. Well, yeah, you don't lose a 10 to $12 million contract and not and freaking, just, yeah. you know, raise holy hell. Uh, um, another thing I forgot in that time, police chief announced he wasn't retiring. That's kind of a big at deal. At the same time that he says we're no longer taking people on electronic monitoring bracelets that are homicide suspects. And in, in potentially some, they're going to evaluate some other violent criminal offenders. Um, and frankly, I've, I've um, 
got some meetings coming up where I'm going to discuss some of this stuff with other stakeholders in this community safety world now in my new role as chair. But Damn, um, I wish I was on that committee with you, man. You can be an honorary member. Like ah, you used to honorary. be on economic development. Can, will you call me honorary? In I the will meeting? happily call you honorary. Um, but, you know, I actually think the, the chief, I mean, he's expressed these frustrations. This didn't come out of left field. He said, you know, there's only so much I can do if I arrest somebody, particularly for a violent crime. And, you know, a week or a month later, they're out on the streets again and they commit another crime. Like how much of that is my fault? And I think he's right there. And there's not, doesn't mean we point at someone else and say it's completely their fault. There's a lot of responsibility to shoulder here and it's probably shared amongst a bunch of agencies. But if we've got people, if we apprehend people, um, and we'll talk in a minute about, um, a tragic, a tragic loss of life this morning, uh, as far as I know, at this point, we don't have anyone in custody for that. If and when we get that person in custody, they have no business being back out on the streets. Uh, certainly not before their their case has gone through the judicial system. I, I think what we're going to see with the chief in his last nine, ten months here, other than managing the RNC, really focused on on um, you know homicides and, and the crime stats. But we're going to see we're going to see much of what we've seen with him for the last year, which is calling out different folks. And the chief, and we all love him, does it in a very specific way. Right. Where it's, uh, it, you know, it's it's magistrates and judges in this case and the people who are doing that. But I, I think it's our job, particularly your job now as the new chair of, of uh, community safety um, and also me back on intergovernmental, which I think ties into this of. We can let him toss up the, okay, here's the call to action. Here's the call. But we, we've got to come in there and not, we can't alienate these folks and expect that they're going to rise to the challenge on their own. We're going to need to do our jobs, which is to bring them to the table. Help identify solutions for those right. challenges and right. work collaboratively with all those agencies. And so I think, um, you know, and I think he's, I think he's got a right to be frustrated and to push back when he's being blamed for things that he thinks are not necessarily, I mean, again, if a violent criminal gets arrested by CMPD, CMPD has done their job. The judicial system has got to adjudicate that charge, has got to, to deal with that charge, and then make a determination. A determination in cases of particularly murder, but in most violent crimes, I think the community would generally agree the solution is not to push them back out on the street until they get their day in court. Uh, if there's reasonable cause to believe that they've committed a violent crime or particularly a homicide. Um, just to close the loop on the chief retirement thing, I think that, um, you know, th this was a complex and annoying at times by I'm, I'm sure all parties, um, process and situation over the last several months. I think this was probably, uh, there's still a couple things to play out, but the best case scenario for all parties involved that we could have hoped for. We have the chief who's going to be with us through the RNC, definitely guaranteed right now. And also, we're going to make sure we work hard as a city, and that's the city manager's primary duty as a personnel issue to take care of him as best as, as they can. We have um, the state treasurer and the state who found some things that, you know, while we can all argue, is it a perfect world and should that be happening? Sure. Um, they were, they you know, they, they were things that he also wasn't wrong, right? So, um, so and the he, upshot is that Kerr is not going to be leaving and coming back. He's just going to be staying on. Right. He'll be staying on through the through the completion of the Republican National Convention. So we've given some retiring yeah, after that. So we've given some deference to the the treasurer, right? And then And we got the solution we were looking maybe not the way we were looking for it, but we got the outcome we we're looking for, which is that 
we have that continuity of leadership going into the convention. But particularly also like a, you know, a mutual kind of disarmament and standing down between something that between the city and the state kept escalating and it, it was headed nowhere, uh, nowhere good. So all in all, I think um, while some of the stories still left to be written, I'm very, I, I, I couldn't have hoped for a better outcome. So, I think the only other thing of note in tonight's meeting, um, we did, we as we did our council topics, and a lot of people took a pass tonight and were ready to to get on out after that long airport cleaning discussion. Mm. Um, but I wanted to make mention of something that happened this morning, which was that uh, Scott Brooks, one of the brothers, who's the owner of Brooks's Sandwich Shop, famous burger place over in Noda, been there since uh, before you and I were born, um, and someone who we had just gotten to know a little more about and get gotten to know a little better it just this past summer when he and his family donated land they own um, to the cause of, of tackling our affordable housing crisis. And so certainly I was aware of their restaurant. I'd eaten in their restaurant. Um, it's iconic in Charlotte and certainly in my district, but um, I didn't know much as much about them as people, but I think that that donation, that opportunity to see really where their hearts are and um, who they are as people uh, certainly made me think that much more of them everyone um so are they so they, was, they didn't strike me as like super rich like they, they do like I think it's not like i don't i don't think they're you know wildly wealthy but i think that but they, it's not like david tepper giving land, no, no, no. right i mean this is like that's a big deal for them and their family yeah, to like do more something significant like to make that that decision so scott brooks this morning um pre-dawn was was headed in as he apparently does most mornings at like quarter to five and was going to open up they serve breakfast as well as lunch and um we don't know all the details yet so i'm not gonna unpack that part of it um until all the investigation's done but was killed and um presumably in a in a botched robbery and you know there's no there's no good explanation for why any of this stuff happens but i mean it's just hard to wrap your head around um, someone taking someone's life for what could have only been, you know, at max. And this is a small carryout restaurant. I mean, you can't imagine they got more than a couple hundred dollars in cash and just, you know, I, it's so hard. And and again, I said tonight, I said no, none of the the people who've lost their lost their lives this year in Charlotte or anywhere else for that matter um, should be taken for granted or just be statistics. But when it's someone that we had met, someone that several of us knew, um, and someone that was kind of a staple in the community, it really does hit you in a different way. And, um, and this one today was probably the toughest one for me so far this year, again, just because of that connection that we made this summer with, uh, the, the commitment they made around affordable housing. And so, um, I made some, some comments, um, about Mr. Brooks and just wanted to, to say, we, you know, friends and family of his that we're thinking about him and that we've got to do better in this community to address crime. And, um, well, and there's, I'm. None, none of them personally have hit me harder than Darnell Harris, obviously. It's just because of the nature of that. We don't have to rehash that. But you're right. This like the the good works of of that family, it, that's a hard pill to swallow. And knowing again, we don't we 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 won't make assumptions until after we get a full report on everything, but we know there's over a seventy percent chance that it was a repeat violent criminal offender. We know that. I mean that that's that's just the math. 
of 2019. You're not saying you homicides. have specific information about not this at all. case. No, none You're at all. Statistically, statistically, the probability of 70 being, percent yeah. of the cases that have been cleared. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, good point. Um, that that is not something we know for sure right now, but that we know there's a 70 percent chance. And um, and you know, it's just if we could have avoided these things, and that that's the that's what makes the Darnell Harris case so devastating. That's what, if this ends up being the case here in this one, would make it so devastating because, you know, it could, it potentially could have been prevented, right? In something that was in our control. Um, so, you know, I don't know, man. So, um, Mayor Pro Tem, who was running the meeting tonight, the mayor um, was out of town, as was Councilmember Newton tonight. So, Mayor Pro Tem Isolate was running the meeting tonight. She echoed some of those comments. And then in, Certainly the strangest uh, part of the meeting tonight. Yes, really. And not necessarily trying to stir up, re-stir up drama, inter-council drama on week one, but uh, kind of it's kind of elephant in the room, and if we didn't address it, it'd be weird. Uh, Councilman Braxton Winston um, also was a frequent patron of Brooks's Sandwich Shop and, and knew those brothers uh, to some degree or another and had then sp- spoke at length about um, – about that as well and at some point councilmember driggs felt like that his story that councilmember winston's story had gone on for long enough or or maybe felt like it had gone on too long and it, at least in my from where i was sitting which is several seats away from councilmember driggs out of the blue uh kind of jumped on his microphone and said essentially that's enough you you're being rude and you talk too long and and then stormed out of the meeting and not, not to return. Although we, at that point we were only five minutes from being done, but um, I, I don't know if the media will report on that. It was, most of them had left at that point, uh, but it was quite odd. And I think, especially maybe for our newer council members, I, I hope they don't think that's normal, but I think they probably thought, Oh Lord, what have I gotten myself into? I don't, I don't know how that struck you, but it struck me as just bizarre. And it was, and then, of course, you know Braxton uh, was very offended by that, and um, well, he had, voiced he, that. Yeah, it was so. I, I, I'm not trying at all to justify that at all, right? But I, when he, when Braxton first started telling the story, I don't know how many minutes, but I, I, it was several minutes before I realized that he was talking about uh, the Brooks situation, like I. Literally, because he started talking a little bit about when he moved from New York and his stagehand things. So, and it it just it went on for a long time. It, obviously, the, even if he is talking about that, like we all have to kind of suck up and we might roll our eyes a little bit, but you know it, that's everyone's time, and that and you use your time however you want. Particularly that. about something that's that personal, right? But but so then, like I didn't I didn't realize until until a little bit like, Oh, he was, he's talking about that story, which obviously then takes it to an entirely different level. So I could, I could see next to me in his new seat, Ed was fidgeting a bit and, and he, he was upset and angry. And at one point he was like, let's go, let's walk out to me. And I said, well, like, nah, man, I'd rather, let's just like, we're almost done. Let's, let's just let let's it, not, let's just let let's it go. Not do that. Let's not do that. Um, but that's when he just jumped up on the mic and, I actually just got we just got tagged in a post on Facebook about it right now. I just saw that. Yeah, I just saw that. So they, I think they asked, are we going to be talking about it on the pod right now? We are, in fact, talking about it ex- at this exact moment. Um, so, you know, I just it's kind of unfortunate um, that we started off on that foot. And I think probably 
a couple of the new council members are like, oh my God, this is weird. I mean, you and I have seen that Ed and Braxton have oftentimes a pretty decent rapport. It's not like that's normal. And so I, I do hope that they can bury that hatchet. Because, I think I mean, this we got, one we might got, be a, a bridge too far. It, it was like, this was a little bit like, usually he's joking around or he makes something that's a little awkward and we're all kind of, he snapped at him a couple times on like belaboring a policy point or something, yeah. but uh, this was like a heartfelt thing. I, I got to give Ed hopefully the benefit of the doubt that maybe he didn't know what he was talking about and he just thought he was telling a personal story maybe. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it didn't, it was not quickly clear. It was to me because there was a couple of things in there because I know Brooke's sandwich shop and I, I knew Braxton. Probably. It wasn't clear to me for a little bit. It's not, at one point I was like, Oh, I see where this is going. But um, I do think by the time that, that he lost his cool, it had become obvious what, what the topic was. It took a while to get yeah. there, but I think he was there at that point. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It was, I hope they can bury the hatchet. It was we, a little out of characteristic. We, we got a hundred, I mean, we got 103 weeks left of this term. And, uh, yeah. if that's week one and they can't, uh, they can't kiss and make up, it could be, at least they're not sitting next to each other anymore. <laughs> Cause <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I was, this, that was uncomfortable. So, uh, yeah, starting off with a bang. Big um, bang. But hey, guess what? Season two. It all starts with a bang. It does indeed. Um, so for segment two of this episode, we're going to have Renee Johnson, new council member from District 4 in. We RPJ. Not, not have an opportunity to interview her during the campaign like we did the other two new members, so we wanted to get her in here early uh, in the term, and we did that tonight, and that'll be segment two. And... Uh, we will be right back with that after the break. All right. Welcome back to the show. The season premiere of season two. Off to a great start. A huge start. We have invited into the studio here tonight after our first official city council meeting. Last week we had the swearing in. Didn't do an episode, but we had our just first business meeting tonight. We've invited in new council member representing District 4, Renee Johnson, uh, who you also during the campaign might have seen as Renee Perkins Johnson. She's going to explain that. RJ. She replaced Greg Popcorn Phipps. How do you feel about the nickname RJ? I'll have to think about Arge? it. Arge? Maybe. Well, no, probably <laughs> not, not, not that. Arge. Okay. Um, just and we straight. did not have an opportunity like we did with our other two new colleagues to have her on during the election. She won a six-way primary. We thought that a six-way interview might be a little unwieldy during the election. Uh, so we wanted to take the first opportunity to have her on now. Welcome to the show and welcome to City Council. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So you said you're going to explain to people why they've seen, uh, seen your name some different ways over the course of your uh, new political career. Yeah. So my maiden name is Renee Perkins. And uh, my so I've been in Charlotte like not very long. I don't know. How, how long? Many, four and a half years. That is a, not a very long time. Right. But what an amazing testament rise. to our town. One, a rise as an individual. But two, that this town, we've said this before, um, it, it embraces transplants as their own to one of its highest local offices, if you will. And I appreciate that. And we'll we'll talk about that okay. in a second. But so Renee Perkins Johnson, you know how your Facebook name you have. Well, guys probably or men don't do this, but my maiden name is on Facebook. So people from high school could find me. Oh, makes sense. Right. So I, I went to a birthday party here 
And I checked in the birthday party, and I checked in as Renee Johnson, which is my married name. I've been married for over 20 years, and and, and my name wasn't there. And she said, well, you're not Renee Johnson. You're Renee Perkins Johnson, because that's how she knew me. Because hmm. she only knew me, um, through, you know, th- here locally, and she we met, like, through Facebook. So this was right when I was thinking about running, and my mom is – deceased so it really brought the legacy of my mom to the election with me and it brought a whole full circle of you know the young girl and you know making it um in spite of things to city council so rpj is what we should refer to you well no so now you're saying from from here forward you're going to i'm going by renee Renee johnson because it made it very confusing people would say miss perkins and, and didn't know you know exactly what to say and then and then my husband, I didn't want him to be referred to as, you know, Mr. Perkins. And so, and it's just this long. And well, so I am Renee Johnson. Your Christmas card from, from my That's house fine. shows up as the Perkins Johnson family. Because I still have a lot of signs with Renee Perkins Johnson. But it's a terrible yeah. Christmas card you send out. How many dogs are on it? You, well, the one that we have. Um, you don't have to worry about it. You, you didn't oh, make cool. the list. Good, 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 good. Great. All well, right, so, so you just sat through your first council what, meeting. What would you think of it? Besides the end. <laughs> or, or the middle. <laughs> Let me drink my tea. Yeah. <laughs> was this like the Kermit meme? She's like, I, I, I'm going to yes. just drink my tea. I'll tell you, uh, we, we've had, what, roughly, let's say, give or take, somewhere between 80 and 90 council meetings, Larkin, under our belt. That's one of the... It's definitely up there in the top 10 strangest that we've been in. If you cut the last 10 minutes off, I'm not sure it, yeah, it makes sense. The that last many. 10 really puts the icing we'll on We'll dig into that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, at a different point sure, in the show, sure, sure. Uh, if we haven't already in segment one, yeah, that's right. But uh, what did you think of the first council meeting? Was how did you prepare for it? Was it more than more overwhelming than you thought? Was it more easy for you to grasp than you thought? What are your what are your takeaways now? Are you like, what did I get myself into? Or you're like, this is exactly what I wanted. It was a huge hurdle for me. It was just a huge hurdle. I was really nervous. Hmm. Um, I've served on boards, so I'm familiar with board protocol, and but it was it was a hurdle for me. So I'm just happy that it's behind me. And um, it was, it was, you all have made it more welcoming. I just want you to know that. Even the first, the swearing in, it's more, it, you make it very comfortable. Um, so that it was, it was, I'm glad it's behind me. The end, like you said, was, I think we have a responsibility to set, a, to set a standard. So that was just very surprising to me. Now, like, so... I'm interested just from a first take because I'm remembering kind of my first couple council meetings. Um, one thing I, I I was overwhelmed when I remember when I first got the and we used to get. Did you get a physical binder or just the stuff online? Just on your yeah. Yes. So we've transitioned to that in the last two years. It was all physical binders when we first came, and I was it's overwhelming. But then you realize how quickly the consent agenda goes, and if you don't call something out, well, it's just all of a sudden you just jump through. 70 chapters worth of information. So how did you feel about like, did, were you surprised at kind of how the consent agenda um, went or was, did anything surprise you or had you been watching close enough that you kind of knew what to expect? I'd been watching close enough. I've attended some meetings. I've yeah. seen this because c- consent agenda. And then today, you know, I've been doing some training and talking to folks. So I know that the consent agenda is for budget items that have already been yep. appropriated. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've learned that in my training. But um, To drop, though, into one particular consent agenda item, the awarding of that airport contract, 
in the way we did, that was really unique. I've, I've not seen something kind of politically legislated from the bench like that um, right before a vote of that magnitude yet. In, that in that was so challenging for me because I wanted to come in and, and and support the employees and support the staff. And I know that they've reviewed that carefully. And so it wasn't that. But we we heard from that business owner. We heard from that attorney. And as a a woman business owner, I, I wanted to hear what she said. We had 50 employees. And that was really moving for me. You know, because that's who we're accountable to is to, to to those employees. And what I thought, you know, we can have a proposal that says what they're going to do. But when you have 50 employees to say this is what they're doing, you're weighing those those two things. But, but you said at the end of the meeting that you, you wanted to make sure staff knew you weren't trying to undermine the work they did. You just felt compelled to ask questions. And I don't think you needed to apologize for that. I think... You know, we all do that from time to time. We see something. We want to make sure that everything's above board, that everything's right. been fair. And I don't think anything about your line of questioning or or the comments you made was oh, was yeah. at all out of line. Not at all. Um, Thank you for saying that. And I think that. we can I think we can ask those questions. I think all of us on council have pushed staff and challenged staff, and yet we praise them. You know, ten times more than than whatever we we question. But I think. There's nothing uh, unhealthy about questioning those things if you're doing it from a point of concern or a point of wanting to be comfortable with the contract and and not doing it um, as some sort of political grandstanding, which you were not at all. So I don't I didn't think you even needed to to clarify that. I think that was clear, but you should never feel like you can't ask those questions. So let's take it up one level real quick. What what does the community, the Charlotte community need to know about Renee Johnson, RPJ? What do they need to know, and what is your goal? Like, what are what are you what are you setting out here in the beginning, the very first meeting of your two year term? Um, what do you hope to accomplish? I'm an advocate, and I answer to my voters, hmm. and and I'm a human services professional, so I am always going to consider the 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 people out there. So again, that's what I said at the end was. Yes, uh, the staff have the autonomy, and I respect their processes, but it's about the stewardship. So it's about the stewardship, and it's about accountability, and it's about uh, the the voters. If you notice, I didn't, and I said this publicly, I'm not making a lot of promises. I run on experience, and I ran on my experience, but the one thing that I do promise is that I, I, I know that it's a privilege to be in that seat. And that I I will be accountable and responsive. So that's who I am. Yeah, you know, we, I two words jumped to mind, and I'm just making gut reaction. We've just recently met and all this, and I I kind and thoughtful. Thank you. I, I just that it it oozes that I'm sure a year from now I'm gonna be like she is so unkind <laughs> and so unthoughtful. But I mean, just literally, I don't know that I've ever met someone. You know what I mean, Larkin? Like you know, when I say it, it's just like. It's, I, it's not something you're, well, you're not, not coming in with your hair on fire. Yeah, and, and, it's and I not say, normal politician kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we've got you three know? new members. One of whom, as as we've stated um, when we interviewed him during the primary, um, obviously has a different experience having been in elected office, including this actual body before. Uh, but I think you and Victoria Watlington both have come in with a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, and based on the things that you said in the meeting tonight, are are getting up to speed at a. a amazing pace 
but I also think that you've kind of come in and both demonstrated that you know what you don't know and there's a willingness to learn and, and a willingness to ask questions. And, and I hope that's what the veteran members thought of us two years ago, because it doesn't matter how prepared you are. There's going to be things that you, you have to ask questions and you have to get help. Um, and so I, I tried to, to make sure that I was doing that when I came in new and I still have to do that from time to time. But um, I would say all three of the newcomers, um, but obviously two of you coming in without counsel or elected experience uh, so far have demonstrated to me that you're going to be a huge asset to this, to this council. Well, thank you for saying that. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank yeah. you. That was pretty cool. Uh, all thank the meetings you. aren't, all, again, we'll, we'll unpack this a different part of the show, but <laughs> all of, uh, uh, all the meetings don't end that awkwardly. Usually it's, it's mm. a, <laughs> well, uh, and I think one thing that is a little bit of a disadvantage for the two of you that are just net new it, that from where we were was we had basically a majority of brand new people. So I think they treated our onboarding a little different because they were like, uh, you know, they could, screw they, up a whole they, <laughs> they could really like mess something up. So I think um, I think, you know, that I would assume you probably you guys don't don't have as many like major sessions and updates and things that we had because of that though hopefully you're finding that staff yeah. is trying to make sure you're getting all that you need and, and yeah. getting the information that you want and um but again you know i think you guys have, have and the airport uh, cleaning contract was a good example tonight you both clearly had done your homework on it you asked good questions and were asking for the right reasons um and sounded like veteran council members up there to me yep thank you for saying so. that thank you final message to the city of charlotte I want to thank the voters of District 4 mm -hmm. for their votes. I'm honored. You know that there were six of us in the primary. That was an uphill battle. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, so I'm honored to be here. And again, I'm, I know that I'm a public servant and I'm, and I'm here for them. I know that what's good for the district is good for the city. And I'm just looking forward to serving. That's it. Well, one week down... 103 80, to go. 80, yeah. 86, give or take. Uh, well, that's meetings. That's meetings. Just, but one week down Yeah. I know. out of 104. We so. made it through. Don't yeah. worry. It only gets easier. Yeah. And you and you won't, you won't be so positive. We used to be so positive when we started this podcast. I saw you guys on the Charlotte Squawks. Didn't we look younger? And I love that. I did. I love that. It's just the, the bipartisanship. This is great. We try. We do. Well, thank you for joining. This has been episode one of season two in the books, Larkin. Thank you, as always. Make sure that uh, now that we got season two, we've refreshed all of our audio package. You'll notice that, mm. hopefully. Thanks um, for all the help on that. But make sure <laughs> that you share this with your friends, that you, you rate on all the different platforms, and that uh, you help spread the word about R&D and the QC. We have well surpassed 50,000 downloads now and uh, we want to keep growing so tell a friend rate like subscribe and uh, tune back in next week <laughs>